one. What's up? What's happening? Welcome back to Skates at the Stakes, and Maxine's singing, but not for the right reasons here. The Islanders dropped two games since the last time we recorded to the Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens. Yes, you heard that correctly. The Vancouver Canucks and the Montreal Canadiens. Do not look at where these teams are on in the standings. I'm begging you, you might throw up. Ryan, how are you doing today, buddy? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Skates of the Stakes, the podcast. Uh, happy to be back on the airwaves today with AJ. Uh, no take tonight, but we will persevere. Unlike the New York Islanders, who have just spoiled and ruined most of the goodwill earned under the uh, two games won prior to the prior to the Bo Horvat era, and then the two games uh, won with Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat cannot stop scoring, and it is one of the most fun goal scorers I've seen on the Islanders in a very long time. I am enjoying Bo Horvat still. Alas, there is a myriad of issues with this hockey team, and I am not having fun right now. Uh, but we'll get into it, starting with the Canucks game. AJ, uh, let's walk us through how you felt during the Canucks game. <laughs> uh, it was a mixed bag of emotions. You saw a power play goal. You saw two almost power... Wait, was Barzola even a power play goal, or was it like a second after the power play expired? Regardless, the power play looked really good. Uh, Bo Horvat scored a power play goal, and then it got taken away. It was the roller coaster for emotions, and then, of course, Anthony Beauvillier, out of nowhere, gets the eventual game-winning goal in a 6-5 absolute thriller. Uh, you gave up six goals to the Vancouver Canucks. Ilya Sorokin was awful. Uh, I'll be the first to admit it. I'm an Ilya Sorokin fanboy, but he was terrible. The defense was terrible. Noah Dobson, in his own end, is horrific. We've known this for na- by, for a while now. It's just ugly. It's bad. Romanov was bad. Everyone outside of Ryan Pulak on the back end was really bad. And they paid for it. Pelk took two stupid penalties and just didn't look like himself. The offense looked good, though. Barzal looked good. Horvat looked good. Horvat scored again. Uh, yes, he did score, like I said, a power play goal. Got taken away. But he did later score another goal again. Just to clarify. 6-5 loss. You let Anthony Beauvillier score a goal. Cardi Bow, some would call him. And now he has another goal today, so it's interesting, man. Did you watch the game or no? Yeah, I mean, I was able to catch the highlights, the extended version, the next morning, and now that I'm back, I had it on the background, watching the full thing. Definitely an emotionally charged night due to the Beauvillier and Horvat implications. Um, I just checked the Barzal goal was right after the power play, so the power play had expired after Bo's first goal of the night was taken away from us, so... That was that was unfortunate, but he was able to come back through at the second. Um, you know, little errors killed us. You know, they should be being the Canucks. There shouldn't be a guy named uh, Nil Zaman on the opposing score sheet against the Islanders, and we'll get to another one of those when we talk about the Habs later. But um, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. It was an emotionally charged game. They had a two goal, or they had a yeah, they had a two goal lead in the second period. It's time to put the game to bed. That's a fully coaching thing. You need to keep your head on your shoulders. Um, the defense was bad. Um, Sorokin had an off night. A lot of people revisited the trade Sorokin, get rid of Sorokin discourse. 
which was frustrating. You know, it always is seeing people do that because, like, you don't realize, like, for the generational talent we do have, we could very well, you know, not have him on the team. But it was a sellout at UBS, very emotional night. And it sucks that they weren't able to capitalize on the momentum they built and just close the game out. But it's going to be a theme we see throughout this week. So very frustrating, very annoying. Shouts to Bo on getting a goal. Uh, it made me... Bittersweet in the moment. I was I was pretty annoyed that he scored that. Um, take one for the team, man. You you went so many games here without scoring. You could have went one more. But like, man, oh man, it, it th- we played a. It, I want to I want to ask you this question. Would you rather be losing two one or losing six five? Because I, I know it's losing like always sucks. But like, it felt good to have some goals on the score sheet. Feels like it's easier for the guys we know who can play lockdown defense to get a little better at defense. Um, and step that game back up, or rather than you know the offense is anemic. This feels completely helpless. Uh, I think I'd rather a uh, bad take by me. I think I'd rather the two-one game. I uh, like more defensively sound hockey. I'm used to that with the Barry Trotz system, and I'm tired of pulling my hair out at work or listening to it at work or watching it at work or on the radio. And you hear, oh, they give up a goal, and then ten seconds later they get. They gave up another goal, basically. And then every time we score a goal, they respond right away. It's so infuriating how unprepared they are. And there has to be a narrative started. Lane, uh, some people are calling him now Lane Lambert. I don't know how I feel. I don't really think he's doing much for the New York Islanders right now. You could pull up the uh, meme. What does he even do? I was a big Lane guy at the start. But the defensive structure is terrible. The system is terrible. And none of the defensemen really look too competent playing under this new style of hockey. I know there's been takes floating around saying, oh, Barry Trotz this, Barry Trotz that. Our friend of the podcast, Ian, uh, he was on here before, obviously. He's like, Barry Trotz doesn't make this team better. I have to disagree with that. I'm not doing it to call it Ian or anything, but I think it's a fair point to mention this. The team cannot defend right now. Yes, the offense would probably take a step back, but we're not used to this team not being able to defend like this. This is really getting ugly now. They're so sloppy. They had the one shift in today's game where Nelson, Lee, and Palmieri were in their own zone for two, two and a half minutes almost. They were just being pounded and pounded by a weak Canadian team. Yes, I get it. The pesky Habs. They don't have anything to lose when they play for it. Sure, whatever. I don't care. They're so much better than the Canadians. Why are we playing down to these bad teams constantly? A good coach doesn't allow this to happen. Look at so many losses they've had against bad teams this year. Two against Arizona. One against Vancouver. One against the Habs now. One against the Senators. One against the Blues. You can't be dropping all these games to bad teams and expecting to be in the playoff race. Yeah, so when we moved on from Barry Trotz last summer, I don't really want to relitigate that because I think there was a lot more there to the story than we got. I mean, we don't know what made Lou fire Trotz. It could have been, you know, checked out coach at the end, which it, that there were a couple signs to that. But just like kind of thinking about it with Lane, he started off by throwing a lot of shit in the blender, trying to like make something out of nothing. The team's, you know, we're trying to change the culture and identity of the team. And I would attest that like a lot of the newer guys 
are not hitting career highs, but they're coming in and like have good attitudes. Anyone that's kind of joined the team in the past year, be it, you know, Horvat, especially he's been dynamite since he came in. Um, but like, if you look at, you know, a guy like Holmstrom, Holmstrom's been very good thus far. Um, and he's only playing the NHL under Lane. So we don't know what he looks like under other coaches, but Lane was able to get him going. And Romanov, even if some people I've seen a lot of Romanov hate online, think he needs to be better, but I think um, a big factor here is he's having a career year offensively, which, might, I mean, again, he's dunked last year, so it wouldn't have uh, really played a big difference. But I think he's growing and kind of getting a little bit better under Lambert. He had a really good game against Montreal today. But Lane needs to make the appropriate changes. I mean, the Pelic-Pulak pairing is now a liability. There was a screenshot of today's game, which we'll get into the halves in a minute, but where they basically got bullied by some AHL bodies in front of the net um, and just got like kind of snuffed out there on the third Habs goal. And then there's defensive breakdowns. I mean, I, I said this in our group chat earlier today, but there's been multiple times um, in the past two games where Lane has left two right-handed shots on the ice at the same time, which, you know, this might this is more like an analytic theory, but... You know, when you have two guys of the same handedness on the ice at the same time, you're less likely to um, you're less likely like on a goals for share. So goals for basically like the number of goals that you allow to the goals that you score. You're going to be in the negative there. You're going to be giving up more goals than goals you score just on kind of theory there. And there's been times where Dobson, our worst defender is caught out there with Pulak and Mayfield. And that's a worse version of Pulak and Mayfield because they're playing on their offhand. So it really stinks. Um, some of the coaching has been bad. Some of the line changes have been bad. I'm not going to say fire Lane tomorrow. I'm not going to say fire him at the end of the season because like, I don't want to just like snuff him out. But he hasn't been up to par at this point, and he's failing kind of the, the Capuano 2 allegations. So just really frustrating stuff. I, I think that... You know, whoever's running the team next year isn't going to want uh, Lane Lambert at the helm. But we'll, we'll get to that point and see where it goes. Speaking of allegations, Trent Alexander-Arnold, or should I say the hockey or the soccer version of Noah Dobson, he has some allegations right now because he cannot defend for his life. Brother put up two assists today. Offensively, he looked fine, except on that 4-on-3, which that 4-on-3 is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Were you were you I know you were at the St. John's game today, Ryan. Were you able to watch that four and three though? I, I heard that you caught the rest of the game at a bar. Yeah, I caught the final ten minutes at a bar, so I caught like the everything after the Romanov pass to Martin. I was on cloud nine. I was like, All right, we're gonna do this. We couldn't close out the game again. I watched the highlights when I got back home, obviously, but like it's just so so frustrating right now watching Noah try to defend, watching a lot of guys on this team try to defend. The four on three was so unbelievably frustrating for so many reasons. I mean, you could make the argument he was offsides there. I think there is a pretty good argument to make that he was, but I'm not going to. Again, if it's a game winner and it isn't blatantly like wrong, like send the people home, what are you doing? Like that was just weird and nervous energy. I did like that Bo Horvat was the guy on the Islanders talking to the ref. That was uh, some captain-like behavior, which uh, I'm surprised 27 wasn't doing more of, but he was talking to the refs too, so I guess I wouldn't like, give lead shit for that. But we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, like, it was just so frustrating against the Habs because, as I said earlier with the the Canucks guy, some rando scored on us for the Habs. I think it was Yolenin or Yolen. I can't say his name right. 
Um, let me just pull up the pronunciation. Jeffy Eleven. Yeah. He's, you know, he's a guy that you see on like NHL video games, and you're like, all right, I'll throw this guy on my third line if I'm tanking, and just not not fun, um, not fun to lose to the Laval Rockets in the standings. It doesn't hurt us too too much because we still walk away with a point. We needed a point. It's an overtime loss, so we get one point out of these two games, and on the week we get five points. Um, and if you include our last, like, six, we basically, you know, we've only dropped two points in one game. So things are still trending in a direction where we're going to be in the hunt going down the stretch. But that was such a dagger to not be able to put the baby Habs away and to lose to Laval Rockets mostly and just not not be able to put that game to bed because we had two leads. Like, that game should have been over, and it wasn't. So frustrating. Yeah, like you said, we did pick up the point, but... <laughs> You had a four-on-three in overtime, and they just looked dead. Dobson shot the puck maybe three times into David Savard. Like, oh my god, it was just so bad. So frustrating. They couldn't get a good shot off, and they wasted it. And then Barzal turns the puck over because he was out there for way too long, of course. And they get Hoffman gets a breakaway because of it, and then what's-his-face puts in the rebound. Who put the rebound in again? Uh, Mike Matheson, the biggest scumbag not the biggest scumbag, but one of the biggest scumbags on the face of planet Earth for everything he's done to the Islanders and their organization and Johnny Boychuk over the last few years. Fuck Mike Matheson forever. Basically, yeah, no, career. guys on my shit list for ending um, Boychuk's career. Decent hockey player in Montreal, and I don't want to take anything away from them because they had 11 days off and they shouldn't have been good today. Uh, but we weren't good today, and we let them get into the game at every single opportunity, even that like feeble sequence where we looked like awful that one time we got hemmed in the zone for two whole minutes. Like, just can't be happening. It, it can't be happening against Montreal, and um, unless they boom against Ottawa on Tuesday, I think you really can't have good expectations for what this team's going to look like against Pittsburgh and Boston, but... Let's see if they get back on track against Ottawa. If they get back on track, then they can play those three do-or-die games, and we'll be able to assess what the season's going to be after that. Because let's say that let's say that they're bad. I, I guess you hope that the, they're giving up the 14 or 15 pick this year. I I mean, you hope it's 32nd, obviously, but like you hope that the worst case is the Canucks pick is like 15, and you're getting Horvat for eight years, who's been awesome, and he's going to continue to be awesome for raw to Bo's contract and like the 15th pick but if that pick is gonna slide into the bottom 12 we're gonna be in kind of deep trouble we're gonna be in uh yeah jose Mourinho voice big trouble big 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 trouble yeah i just i don't care what Bo does in vancouver because no matter what say he's a point per game player there he was never going to be that here at this point he was terrible the last two years. There's no way he was bouncing back and breaking out like he's been so far. He's also played three games and has two points, or two goals. I'm not freaking out about that yet. Has Rot to even gotten a point in their AHL system yet, or is he just doing cardio still? Let me pull it up. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, I didn't hear of him having a hat trick or a goal, so I'd assume not. Let me just pull the stats up quick. I mean, AHL, he was golfing the other day, so that might be on break again. No, three games in Abbotsford, no goals. I'm not I'm not going to be like – I know some people are going to incessantly check on him because he was our top prospect, but if he succeeds there, it's whatever. Um, we still liked him a lot during his time here, but I, I don't think that's going to pay immediate dividends for the Canucks. What, it's magic beans. Whatever happens, happens with that. We have Bo Horvat, and Bo Horvat is a wizard on offense. Every time he has the puck, it's magic on his stick, and it's so, 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 so nice to finally have a guy where you are so excited every time they're in the offensive zone. Because, yes, Barzal was able to do that back in the day. That hasn't happened since 1718. He was still good, and like you know, it's like oh my god, Matthew Barzal, ankle breaker coming in, but he hasn't even been that. He hasn't even been that second tier of Matthew Barzal recently. He's kind of just a different kind of a, might I say, a figure skater at times, just going around guys. He's not even breaking ankles anymore, which that, that was always fun to see. But ever since we got Horvat, Barzal has taken his game to a new level, and he's playing a lot harder, and they already have a lot of chemistry. I don't even think Bailey's been as bad as people are making out to be as well. Now, a surprise cameo from Steve. Steve, welcome to Skates at the Stakes. How we doing? How we feeling after those two losses? So, late cameo, but he's here. Steve. Not good. Any further uh, judgment or just two words? Um... I mean, I don't know. Lane Lambert's pretty good at two words, too. So I was just uh, taking after him. Oh, um, shot fired. Yeah, yeah, I know you're listening. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's like defensively, it's kind of worrying. Like, it's obviously you put up five goals, you should win probably every time. Um, a rash sinker from Sorokin, but like a lot of those goals were screened, too. Like, it's kind of weird. Um, and tonight, they just seemed to, like, have nothing going. It was kind of, I don't know. Like, I didn't feel like there was a point where they could take over. It was kind of just, like, it was a very sloppy, like, slow, boring game. Like, there was never any momentum, really, uh, for the Islanders, which yeah. isn't good. I don't know if that's a coaching problem. I don't know if that's just who they are because they look good the first two, like, the Flyers cracking game. They looked, like, great. Um, but the last two was a totally different story. I don't even think they looked that bad in the Canucks game. They were resilient. Uh, the my issue with the Canucks game more was the goals that yeah, were Canucks scored. Game, they were good. The Canucks game. Uh, my issue was the goals that were scored right after they scored goals. They couldn't settle down and hold that lead. They always gave up a goal right away and were uncomfortable. And then they just collapsed in the third period entirely because of stupid penalties that, you know, once again they're it's a part of hockey. You didn't take penalties, but they're so preventable. Especially that second one by Adam Pellick. That was really frustrating. There was no need to cross-check Pedersen there, and then he made his pay. Yeah, I mean, defensively, it's it's a, it's 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 pretty bad around here. It's been like that all year. That's the scary part. I do think he still has pretty high potential, but that's just potential. That's nothing guaranteed, and we still have to see more out of him. Yeah, Ram, Ram Dog's a young buck, but... Still, we we expected them, I guess, to be more of a force, but that Canucks game was probably one of his worst, and he admitted it, which I like. I like players taking accountability. He's that type of guy, anyway. He's like a, he's like a Sorokin. It's like a Russian thing. 
Kevin Weeks is once again putting his neck on the line. So he tweeted out, uh, this is regarding the Jacob Chikrin rumors. Uh, he was, he's not playing tonight in the Coyotes game due to trade reasons. So everyone's getting all hyped up. Hopefully get traded during the podcast. That'd be cool. We'll see where he goes. But this is what Kevin Weeks said. I've been in touch with people familiar on, on Chikrin. Chikrin status, and I'm told they don't believe anything is imminent tonight about the trade. Situation remains fluid. So this is actually Kevin Weeks giving us some insider news for a change and not just repeating the same old bullshit we've seen 20 minutes ago like he's been doing recently. Did you see his TOMIR thing today? That was so dumb. That was so stupid. One of the cringiest things I've ever seen. Like, going up to random people in the jersey, like, have you seen Timo Meyer? And the guy said, what, Tebow, question mark, or whatever? Yeah, he said, so, so you told talking, talking about 10 Tebow. I was like, dude, what are we doing here? I like what Kevin we Weeks. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I like Weeks, but he's kind of just like, he I fell think off. sometimes he's pushing things a little bit. He fell off. I think off. Weeks' sources have gone bad at this point. I think last year, um, he was really on the ball and like a hot remover and shaker kind of in the game. And uh, I think something must have happened last summer. I know he got a couple things, not incorrect, but a little like off. Yeah, the Ireland like, got the term wrong. Yeah, and he got the term wrong on the flower contract and things like that. Like, and then after that, I feel like some of his sources might have frozen him out a little bit, but. Just frustrating um, with Weeks Eve recently because he's been just tagging a bunch of like sponsors um, and doing a bun- a million hashtags. So it's it's been like stupid, but Don't whatever. I, I also saw that. the Coyotes guy and uh, everyone's favorite uh, lame Dave Pagnotta basically had the same thing that the trade's not going to happen tonight. So like whatever, man. Oh, he already tweeted that out. Yeah, Pagnotta did, and Moylan already did. Ah, never mind. Never mind. Regarding Kevin Weeks, you could say his sources are becoming weak. Oh, man. We got a jokester over here. Fucking God. Um, yeah. yeah, Dave Pagnon is also the worst. That's yeah, Pagnon's comment on us saying Patrick Kane, players talk. Like, Dude, that was one of the. I'm telling you, he's. He, I fell for it. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. He's. Oh, fuck, who was it? Maybe it was two summers ago, like, when they, like, Johnny Goudreau and, like, there was another, like, the previous summer there was another player. I bought into, like, the Pagnotta shit because I was like, oh, it's Dave Pagnotta. Like, you know, like, he's, he's right sometimes. Like, he's not, he's a complete moron. And, like, I didn't really know who he was at the time. Yeah, I bought into all of his shit. And then, like, I realized, like, oh, I was, I was Twitter is actually, I would say, probably one of, like, the bigger, I feel like it's one of the bigger, maybe it's just because we're in it, like, I'm just, like, saying that, but I feel like it's pretty, like, vocal and, and, and out there on Twitter like so I, and then I'm starting to realize like I think he's just using us as fucking bait for like clicks and stuff because like he just makes like he just says so much shit about the Islanders but like in reality one no one knows anything about the Islanders it's Lou Lamarillo and two half of the time not even more than half the time he's wrong yeah, I'll, I've been being the Pagnot as a fraud drum since I basically got on Twitter, but it's been years of the same thing. These fourth period people make stuff up, and then sometimes they get something right, and then most of the time they get it wrong. He's yeah. annoying. He uses our fan base for clicks. He knows that no one knows yeah. what's going on in the Islanders, so if he just throws shit at the wall, um, he's going to get it eventually. Like Bo, so. like, like Bo Horvat trade, fucking, I don't think like anyone, I don't think like, like the Canucks, like, 
Uh, I think Lou just like announced that trade. I don't know the Canucks were like on board with that. Like no one really knows what's going on. And like he can, Dave Pagnotta could say like Patrick Kane to Islanders is close. I still wouldn't believe it. Like I'd be like, no, it's, it's not close at all. We've seen it before with him. We saw it with Kadri. We saw it with Gaudreau. Yeah, Kadri, yeah. We saw it. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this one, Johnny Boychuk back in the day. This was the summer when we were trying to trade any cap we could to get to keep Devontae's and who was it? Was it Ryan Pulak and Devontae's, I believe? At, yes. Yes. Okay. So it was that summer. And apparently we were going to trade Johnny Boychuk to Ottawa and it was getting pretty close and uh, nothing ever came out of it. Kind of wish that happened. Thanks, one, uh, Davey. Thanks, I remember guy. the Kadri one. Like, the song, like, he, like, said, like, we were, like, the favorites, right? I, mean, I forgot the wording of it, but he, like, he said something, like, pretty, like, damn, like, sure on about us getting Kadri. I remember it was something of that sort, like, he said, like, they're closer, it's confident. He, I forgot what word he used, but it was, like, a pretty significant, like, old statement. I have to look that one up. Wasn't it, uh, Ryan, what's your ongoing joke with the uh, contracts locked up in the the top yeah, drawer? Yeah, contracts in the drawer. I'm, I'm going to get it. Okay. Um, I, I just pulled it up. Okay. A um, couple things. Um, he had a video. All right. This one was, okay. Um, Islanders have multiple transactions closed in addition to all the Nazim Kadri chatter, which I believe is valid. Um, is the internal house cleaning being taken care of? Where will the dominoes fall? We all know who's, who this is on. He does the hashtag aisle shit too, which has always been annoying to me because, again, he just tweets out when we lose to get all the people who are ready to yell on Twitter, ready to go and screaming, which is very stupid. Yeah, like, that pissed me off. Yeah, it, uh, I, I, he got me so worked up that I when he's like, two games they should have had. Like, okay, like I mean, I th- I feel like he had that in the drafts. Also, he had that in the draft today. Like, he definitely before the game started had that ready to go. Yeah, I think he had another tweet on Kadri they since deleted, but um, because I do remember him using language similar to like, oh, contracts in the drawer. I believe it's it's done, but also uh, that fraud that covers the Devils now for the fourth period, who I will not be naming on the podcast, but. He's also was like very close that we had uh, Kadri done. So frustrating. It's insider season. These people are grifting and grinding. Just very, very annoying. Um, Steve, you're trading Noah Dobson right now, man. I am seeing this going on Twitter as we're talking. Am I trading Noah Dobson right now? No, no, definitely not. I mean, he's pretty bad defensively. Like, let's be real. But like, he's also so young. And, like, I don't know. Also, I guess it depends, like, what you're getting. Though. I don't want to be, like, I wouldn't shop him, but, like, I don't know. Like, let's say if someone offered Lou, like, a deal for Noah Dobson, would you, like, would you say he's untouchable? For futures, I would say advise against it. Like, draft picks. I don't want us to have draft picks for Noah Dobson. I'd want us to have, like, a hard asset. But, like, if it's going to be, like, Dobson for Chikrin or Dobson for Meyer, this might age pretty poorly, but, like, you know, I wouldn't want to really put him in the trade because he's a part of the young core that we're going to be moving forward with over the next 10 years. And, you know, him and Rom, they're both young. They need to get better defensively. But a lot of that's probably coaching and just the assistants in the room working with them and uh, physical, you know, hit the gym guys. Like, there were times tonight we couldn't clear the net. So that was that was super frustrating. But we'll get there. 
there. We'll build. We'll be there. It's it's annoying, but you know, yeah, if you're dumb, yeah, doesn't need to. I don't, I don't know why Char Char should have been because China Char is always. Uh, you always hear the stories like, yeah, Spin Chickles. He was telling stories about like his fucking his gym stories, and then he was on the Bruins. Like, I was thinking like, huh? I wish I wish Char did, was uh, when he was mentoring Dobson. He's like, come join me in the gym, little guy. Because you're 6'4", but you're fucking noodle arms. Yeah, he needs to work on that. Maybe a shot will be harder or something sick. But, man, oh, man, it's it's just like getting out of hand because people see Dobson. You know, it's it. there seems to be, like, so little goodwill built up for everything this kid's been able to accomplish thus far in his career. Like, he's a very promising player on a good contract. It's just he's having a really bad defensive year and I, I think that's going to have to get sorted out in the summer or whenever they're ready to improve on the left side of the defense because Aho isn't cutting it. He's falling over left or in center and it's, it's just not been fun and kind of fucked up they didn't play Bullduke today in his hometown. Yeah, I was pretty, that was shocking to me. I get it like I don't know, I guess last game like, I mean the Canucks game like the medical was all up and like Bullduke wasn't great but like no one was great that game. Like you could argue there was defenseman worse in that game than Bolduke. But, like, he, obviously he's, like, the young, you know, the young kid. There's kind of, like, an internal competition between him and Ajo and Wotherspoon. Like, so he was obviously going to be the odd man out. But, I don't know. I guess they're always going to say, like, winning over whatever. But I don't know. I think starting Bolduke again wasn't, like, a, like if, you, if they started Bolduke over Ajo, no one would say. Like, no one would really, you know, I think starting him would have been a good move. Maybe he would have got a little extra jump this step playing in the Montreal, you know. Also, what happened to Parker Wotherspoon? We haven't seen him in weeks now. I thought he looked pretty good when he was an Islander. I know he's not a long-term solution, but play the hot hand. He was playing well. He was playing safe hockey. He wasn't playing bad hockey. Better than Aho. Yeah, he was, he was fine. I, I don't know. I, I think just on the depth draw, honestly, I think he's just third right now. I think they're showing that. Like, Bolduc stepped in. I think he's been well He's been doing well. Um, Aho, clearly, they love. Like, Aho was good in the beginning of the season, but he's kind of, I think he's turning back at Sebastian Aho. We, we're starting to see. Um, and then there's yeah. Wotherspoon. I don't know. Maybe he'll get another shot. Like, if they play Aho on Tuesday. Aho, wow. Aho on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Aho finance, yeah. Um, if they play Aho on Tuesday, and maybe he doesn't have a great game. Maybe Wotherspoon gets a shot on Friday. I don't know. Maybe he's, like, <laughs> the next up. I don't, I don't really know. It's so annoying. I mean, I'd just put Bull Duke back in the lineup because he's, you know, the thing that we kind of were pining for this Lambert era of, of Islanders to be, which it's more frustrating in practice, obviously. But let some guys make mistakes. Let them get better. Let them develop. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to make turn Sebastian Ajo into gold. Um, I think Bull Duke actually does have a future in the NHL with this team. So let's just kind of roll him out there and see what he looks like. But I expect him to be back against Ottawa. He made the trip. He'll probably play. No point sending him down. He looks NHL quality besides the Vancouver game. I, I Now I have a question. Since Lou made the trade before that, right? So he's, he's clearly buying in a little bit here. If the Islanders continue to flutter away towards the deadline, Instead of selling, do you think do you think there's an actual chance Lane Lambert could get fired before the season? Yep, I think there's a chance. I think 
lose past history with the Devils. He's fired coaches when in first place and in second place and put himself behind the bench. Dude is a dude's a maniac. He just fired Barry Trotz. I, I think there's like a twenty percent chance Lane gets fired if this results these results keep happening. Yeah. Um especially if they That's lose to Ottawa. You don't fire coaches like, on the road is a big thing in the NHL. Like he traded his first round pick. He's traded Rothu. He traded Bovillier. Like we're probably gonna make another trade. I think we still need like a depth forward. Like I still kind of think we need another, maybe a new, a new, just a new fresh blood type winger in there. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe a defenseman the way it's going, but I think he's still gonna make another trade. So like, if he's making these trades and selling these pieces, and we continue to lose, like he's not gonna like, he's obviously not gonna sell, right? Like. Even though Horvat were resigned for eight years, maybe it's not all about this year, but like he's not so. He's just not. So I think the next move for him would just be like making a change behind the bench so we continue to lose. I would pay good money to watch Lou Lamarillo uh, coach these New York Islanders. It would just be comedy <laughs> every night. Happens. It'd be comedy every night. And speaking now, of know, guys, uh, you go and then I'll go. Yeah, and I know it's. I know that this 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 would start a whole other argument or conversation about I know some people have differing opinions on if Barry Trotz was here we could play the you know the, the hypothetical it's like it's like the hypothetical with Tavares like we had Tavares we won the cup like we can play those all, all day long but it would be quite ironic if they fired Lane Lambert this season and Barry Trotz is still on the payroll and they end up and Lane Lambert didn't even get through a full season as I am a coach but like, that would be pretty funny that was I don't think it would happen because I don't see them paying three guys to be the head coach of the New York Islanders. And who are you going to get? I know uh, Rosner made this point, like, who's out there that you can get right now? You could Sure, you could say Bruce Pedro, but is he ready to go back into coaching so soon? Does he want to coach? Because he's getting paid right now to sit on his ass and do nothing. He's going on the NHL Network and just shitting on whoever he wants to right now. Or praising. I saw he was praising Tyler Myers today, but happy for Bruce. Not so happy for Lane because I'm really not too happy with him. We thought Let me he step was up him. into the microphone for a second. Um, Claude Julien. Claude Julien. Go get Claude Julien. That would be a cool and fun move. Um, he, you know, good NHL coach, long history. He's been coaching Canada for the past couple seasons. I think that would be a name that you could get. But I can see Lou doing that. Yeah, Lou has history with Julien too. I think he coached the Yeah, like an experienced guy. Guys have been around the league and probably, probably would work well with Lou. Like, I would respect Lou and like the things that he wants to do because he's also like an old veteran head coach. So they probably see it eye to eye on a lot of things as well. Yeah, and I'm sure like you know ownership firing Lane. They you can cope with three coaches on the payroll because I don't think Lane's crazy expensive and Trotz is done after this year. And it's you know ownership's gonna want seats and or butts in the arena no matter what. So if this gives them the best chance to put more butts in the arena, then hey, maybe maybe it happens. We'll see. Yeah, because that's what I mean. Like, again, they made the Horvat trade. Everyone, everyone's got excited. They're chanting Horvat at the game. Butts are in the seats. You know, they're getting positive hype again. Okay, they play a couple of games. Let's say, like, next couple of weeks, like, close to the next couple of games, close to the deadline. Let's say they lose, like, God forbid they lose to Ottawa's home, right? Yeah. Let's no, we're they home. lose to Ottawa at home. Again, it's a bad loss. Like, and, may, and then they lose to Pittsburgh on Friday. Like, and you start. People leaving early, you know, you hear the booze. Like, I don't think they're going to, they're like, we just made this fucking big trade and, like, things aren't going well. So I think, like, to Ryan's point, donors don't want this new arena to be, have back-to-back years of very bad memories. Yeah, but 
how much more can they afford to do? Who could we get? This is my next point, which I was alluding to. We did a poll on the podcast of four or three or four forwards that we believe the Islanders can get and how much you would want them. One being Patrick Kane, two being Ivan Barbashev, three being Adam Henrique, and four we did other. Uh, no one commented, so there was no other. But who are we getting? I know Patrick Kane. Uh, we have we didn't even talk about this yet. Tarasenko to the Rangers. So they're out on Patrick Kane now, so that's another team out on him. I still think he goes to Dallas if he gets moved, and he might not even get moved anymore. I don't know how much of a play we are in for him, even though Pagnata, ooh, scary. I wouldn't mind a lower yeah, option, like Barbashev or uh, Henrique, but what do you guys think of Kane? I, I just I don't see it happening. I, I feel like, I know they said like they had a concern with his hip injury, but I also feel like along with the injury was the price and maybe even say like, Oh, Kane won't be that expensive. Like he hasn't been that good this year, but like, he's still Patrick Kane. I don't know. And they paid, you know, the first, the third and like, you know, dirt pretty much. So pretty much like a first and a third for Terry Sango. And if like, if they felt that was a better option than paying whatever Chicago wanted for Patrick Kane, like it couldn't be that different. Like maybe like Terry Sango deal and Patrick Kane deal were very, very like close. Um, what like asset wise, and they want Tarasenko just because of the injury. So if that's the case, like I don't think I don't think we would get him, and it would or it'd be smart for us to get him at this point. Yeah, he's submitting a trade like a list of teams that he wants to be traded to. I'm assuming Long Island isn't going to be on that list. Um, I think we might, honestly. Or I think that like there might be some teams ahead of us. Like if I'm sure if he's talking to his agent, he's like, hey, can we orchestrate a deal with Dallas? And it's like, yeah, you know, we have a deal pretty much ready with Dallas and Islanders. Like, he'll probably be like, all right, like, I'd rather go to Dallas. Like, he may want to go to, like, more of a foreshore contender. If, if it's down between, if, like, that's the case. Like, if we're involved and, like, there's two other, like, teams like Dallas. What was the other team? Dallas and who? Uh, there was Dallas. There was the Devils. There was the... There's another team, Winnipeg, was rumored to be in on him. I don't see him wanting to play in Winnipeg. Yeah, like, I think Dallas makes like Dallas would be good. I think he'd like that would be good for him. He'd like that. I think, like, I don't know. I think I, I think Dallas just like a good fit for him too. I think that would actually like be really well for him. But we'll see. He doesn't seem like a Lou guy too. Is the thing with all his past history, and yeah. I don't, I don't think for all that I'd want him on the team, but. We'll see. I, I, if it's a move Lou's gonna make, then let's see what he does with it. But that would be just a wild move to me. It, like, it would be wild, especially to trade more futures for a team that we're not even sure on yet. But hey, if they win the next three, then go do it. Like I don't know. But I don't, we, I'm just, know. I, that's why I don't like it because like he's older. Like he's he's a like he's a UFA. I'd much rather do what we did before that like trade a lot of assets for uh, like a guy who's like oh like 27, 28. You can lock up for. Like we did with Pajot and Palmieri. Like, yeah, we trade a lot of assets for Pajot, but we also have had him since we traded him. And like he's he's been okay for us. And like we're like I'm sure people forget the Horvat trade. If he's continuing to play if he's continuing to put up like thirty goals a year for the next five, six years, like you won't be missing it's not a rental, right? So like if we're gonna trade a lot of future assets, I would like the way we're doing it now instead of like because we're not let's be real we're not like a cup cup contender so patrick kane doesn't really make sense more than fair 
So, do you guys think we should look more forward-wise or defense-wise now with these recent struggles? So, uh, Barbashev, a Henrique, or I'm not going to say the words Jacob Chikrin, but a player that could play on the back end that is, I would say, above, a little bit below the Gavrikov and Chikrin price range for obvious reasons. I mean, Chicken was cheaper. My God, I love him. But I, just, I don't think we can afford him, especially of the Horvat trade. We don't have our pick this year, pretty much. And I'm sure what do they want? Like a first, probably two, like pretty good level prospects, and maybe like another one. Like they probably want like three prospects in it that aren't like like are pretty good prospects too. So, um, Henry, I like. I mean, obviously, like it's also realistic to me. It's obviously like. We joke about like the Luke connections, but like it's not really a joke. Like this guy clearly from his track record brings in guys that he's comfortable with and that he's worked with. Um Zane Jack Green, Paul Mary, you know, coaches, John McLean, like he's he's comfortable with his guys, he brings them in. So like Henrique would make he's on one year left, he's having a great year. I don't think he'd be like that expensive. I don't know, it depends on the market for him. But I think Henrique's a guy I, I actually wouldn't mind at all. Although he has another center. But having too many centers isn't a bad thing as long as they can play on the wing. Yeah, no, it's not. Like, people react, like, oh, no, it's not. Like, okay, like, Barzell with the wing. Like, it's it's worked out pretty fine so far. Like, I, I'd say better uh, than pretty fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer him as a winger, honestly, so. I've been asking for that for years. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, my state of mind right now is I need to see the Ottawa game. I need to see them win the Ottawa game. Um, you know, I just want to see what happens kind of there. I'd start revisiting like proposals where we could tear it down or bring it back a little bit. Like, you know, trading now Varley or Scotty isn't going to kill the team. Um, unless no, I'm, I'm honestly, yeah, I'm on board with the whole, it's like, if someone's going to offer you like a first or something for like, I like, you can't really just say no. Like, I know it's going to, it would suck. Like, I don't know if they want to bring them, I don't know if they had any. I don't know if they had any like internal conversations about re-signing him. I would say no. I don't know, but it's like the way Varley's playing. Like, I think he's top top six or seven in the league in save percentage. Like, he would get something. Mayfield, I don't know. I mean, we always say like he would, but like Woody, I don't know. I guess. And Sherrod got a first last year, and everyone knew he. Yes, sucked. there's always a defenseman that gets like. Didn't Gustafson get like a pretty high pick too one year? So yeah, two years ago. Yeah, from Philly, I think. And, that like, happens. you saw the report today that the Blackhawks are asking for a first-round pick in return for Jake McCabe. So, like... <laughs> I didn't even yeah, see that. Yeah, that was... That was obviously... The, that's That person also said they've had no interest in that thus far, but it's because he has... I think he has two years left at 4 mil, and they, I think they'd be willing to eat some salary, so maybe you can get him at, like, 3 mil or whatever. But still, like again, like, Jake McCabe, they want a first-round pick for. Like, Scott He's Mayfield fine. is better than Jake McCabe, so... Depends how the market is. Like sometimes the defensive market is kind of wild. Like Ryan said, like Chirac got a first. Like that probably wouldn't happen. Like you wouldn't think that would happen, but it did. So um, it might. I don't. I don't know. You can always trade Mayfield for a first and try to get. Just have to like, go cheaper on defense and get someone like a depth defenseman. See what happens. But I guess it's also well, like you said. You gotta see how the Ottawa game goes and the Pits- These next two games are huge because Ottawa should be a win. And then Pittsburgh is a huge head-to-head. Like you really can't lose the Pittsburgh game. Like you, you don't have any room for that. You have so many games in hand; they're already ahead of you. Like you kind of have to win those 
Capitals Penguins games. Yeah, the Penguins games are important, but obviously we're chasing the Capitals first and foremost, who somehow beat the Boston Bruins today, which really was, you know, just a cherry on top for the kick in the dick. They didn't need that. Fuck you, Boston, as always. Yeah, so the next week for the New York Hockey Islanders is going to be do or die. We thought this week would be four wins the year would have helped. We've walked away from the past week with five points. Next up on Tuesday, Valentine's Day, we're playing Ottawa back home. Uh, then we got a home game against Pittsburgh that's going to be huge. That's a real four-pointer. Um, and then Boston on Saturday. How are we feeling about these games coming up? Just win, baby. So all you have to do is win. I know we lost to two terrible hockey teams. Make us believe. Just win hockey games and good things will happen. Really not, not much more I can say. Bo Horvat season through and through, but you have to come up and show up in these big games. You want to play playoff hockey? These are your playoff hockey games. So treat them as such and don't shit to bed. Yeah, it's cliche, but like they really have to win. Like they've put themselves in a spot now where they don't have a lot of more room for error. Like there's not many games. But like all right, well, we didn't need that. Like they kind of need every game. Like if they're playing a bad team, they need to beat the bad team. Like those are games we should win. If they're playing good teams that are in playoff contention, like like Pittsburgh, <laughs> you need to win. Like I think what is it? It's Ottawa, Pittsburgh, Boston, Pittsburgh again. Like I'm pretty sure that's it. Like that's that's pretty tough. So. But most importantly, I think is winning the Pittsburgh games. Um, we always we always play Boston well, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. But yeah, Ottawa and Pittsburgh, we should, but you have to win because you don't have any other options right now. Like we don't have any games to just give away. We've already done that in the whole month of January. Ryan, anything or? Yeah, beat Pittsburgh. Beat fucking Pittsburgh. Got to beat the Sands. Got to beat Pittsburgh. Boston's free money if you get a point. But got to beat Pittsburgh if Pittsburgh is out of our league and outclasses us. Seasons seasons in shambles. Time to reconsider the trade deadline. But, yeah, just win, baby. That should be a good crowd on Friday, too. Friday night against pretty a pretty important game for your season on the line, pretty much. So. Maybe we'll even be there. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. That uh, it's still, you know, it's in the uh, in the cabinet alongside the, the Nazim Kadri contract. Yeah, it's it's the tickets are right next to the contract. But with that, we'll call it there. So, Steve, uh, you could find Steve first and foremost at on Twitter at Anders I E E. Thank you for joining in replace of uh at Prime Jakey. He's off in the uh, upstate lands of New York having fun. So good for Jake. Addition by subtractions. <laughs> oh, man. At least that shot hit, unlike any of ours on the four on three power play. And with that, uh, that is the episode before I start breaking down and crying after another failed four on three in overtime. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Skates at the Stakes. You can find me. AJ on Twitter at Tavito Hockey. You could find Ryan, our other co-host, at Rat Martin on Twitter. You could find Steve, who's here today, like I said, on Twitter at Anders IEE. And you could find our other normal co-host, Jakey at Prime Jakey on Twitter. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. Let's go, Islanders. Come on, big bounce back week here, boys. Let's go. <laughs>